hands are down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. information to monetize Big Ten football uh, this year. Uh, the purpose of the podcast is to make money. Uh, last year, we made $71,000 betting college football. What makes us different is that we share the information with you. Uh, my relevant business experience is that I have an MBA, securities license, clients net worth $15 million and above. For decades, be able to retain uh, the clients and make me the most money. And you have to share that information. That's what I feel. Not everybody does. Either way works. The evil way or the nice way, they both work. Uh, my way is the nice way where we share information so uh, others can share in the $137 trillion market that we have. They were blessed that we can make that much money on just college football. So we share the business and financial concepts that translate to sports betting. In part, big part of it, especially when we talk about Big Ten football, is corporate governance. Now, in, in the finance world, there is a debate, right, between fundamental analysis and technical analysis. No one has ever gotten rich using technical analysis. A lot of people have gotten rich using fundamental analysis. A lot of people have gotten rich selling technical analysis. It's very relevant, really, because when you start listening to commissioners and PR reps uh, masquerading as sports reporters, uh, you notice that that's the real world we live in, and you have to mitigate that when you're making a decision. We also use decision science to watch the live stream or the, the video later. Back there is decision science, right? A scientific way to make a decision. And that's what Fortune 15 companies use. Uh, trillion dollar companies use that process for management. That's the same process we use to bet games, and we teach you the process. So the we got the ten, top 10 rules of betting. I'll make sure there's a, a link in the episode notes for the top 10 rules of betting, the process, the system we have, uh, maxims that we've learned throughout the years that you can apply and make money immediately and in the future. So first rule of, uh, of betting, top 10 rules of betting. First rule is always do your research. 
number two. Actually, number one is never bet your own team. Number two is always do your research. So it's very important now in summer, uh, we're about four weeks out to do your research because uh, there's so much going on, right? We all have jobs and businesses. You can't wait till the last minute and then think you're gonna roll up to Vegas, right? And you're gonna get 80%. Now, 52.5% is break even. We're usually 65 to 78% college football. And depending a thousand dollars a game, like I'm blessed to, that's how we get to 71,000. If you bid $100 a game, you made $7,100, which, guess what? It buys groceries, right? So it's very, very important for us sports fans to have the highest and best use of your time, making profit, watching games. So on Sunday, instead of working at 7-Eleven, risking your life and listening to games on the radio or on your sports app, on your phone, you're at home with a Sunday ticket, the Red Zone channel, you can report it because you are betting on the games. It also helps with relationships, like Christmas gifts, presents to your wife and to your family uh, from sports betting dollars, right? So and you help maintain relationships and really, especially in the United States, you can never have enough money you enjoy the game more, and then you get to look at uh, sports betting from a different angle. So we are going to execute the number two rule of betting, which is always do your research. We're going to look at every team in the Big Ten, and we're going to look at ways we can monetize the season now with a relaxed brain right? Uh, instead of being in the amygdala brain. Amygdala brain is a panic brain, a brain where you're rushed. So first week of the season or first week of the Big Ten, if you haven't done your research during the summer, then follow through uh, fall camp, watch things develop during the week. You're at a disadvantage competing against me when I start placing wagers on Uh, the first Saturday of the football season and every Saturday thereafter because I have a basis that I built things on. So very, very excited to get into it, uh, share with you the knowledge we've learned uh, 40 years watching and betting college football. Before we start, very happy. Uh, I totaled it up. We have over $150,000 of fans telling us they've made using our businesses financial concepts uh, to make money watch the sports. So not only do we monetize things ourselves, we share with others and bringing money into the economy. Who, who, who do you know, right? Through their podcast, it's added and, at least 150,000 that we know about it. We know that you have to kind of multiply that by 10 historically, right? 80, 20 rule. So you multiply it by eight, really. So it's probably over close to a million dollars we've added to 
the economy with the information on this podcast. So we're very excited about that uh, as we move in. So the first team we're going to talk about is your Ohio State Buckeyes here in the Big Ten. Uh, one maximum in sports betting in college football betting in particular is that teams work in two-year cycles for recruiting and developing other teams. Now, there's a big difference, not really a big difference because of the marginal utility we've talked about in the previous podcast as we uh, go through each conference. We've done Conference USA, the Fun Belt, and the ACC. Uh, marginal utility really means that uh, there really isn't that much difference between player 201 and player 900, right, if you rank them. The top 200 players, uh, those are usually going to be your top four NFL draft picks, and they separate themselves a tiny bit. Remember, there's 22 players on the field at the same time, and they all have access to weight rooms, have access to great nutrition, they're at a university, so there isn't that much difference, right, between player 201, if you rank them one to 1,000, and player 900. So that's why FCS schools upset uh, higher level football schools because uh, attrition hasn't hit in yet. You know, death hasn't hit in yet. So, you know, larger universities just have more players for depth and be able, and they're able to beat uh, lower level teams. But early in the season, lower level teams have a chance. So looking at it from that perspective, Ohio State is a blue blood, right? They are uh, a level higher than uh, 80 to 90% of the teams they play. So you have blue bloods and you have developmental teams. Ohio State is 100% blue blood. Uh, I was looking at 151 years of college football has been played, and there's only 54 coaches who have won a national title. So there's very few schools that can go out and win a national title. Uh, Ohio State is one of those schools. The players they bring into the school uh, are just a cut above or should be a cut above. And right now, the coaches they have in place has them going pretty good, okay? So you have uh, Urban Meyer still around. He's not coaching the team, but he's in town. His protege is a coach. Ryan Day. So if Ryan Day has a question, he can go to Urban Bond. He's in town. Uh, Ryan Day, uh, he is a foster care kid who just devotes all that past uh, experience, misfortune of his childhood. He pours it into coaching and he's making over $5 million a year. So 
as we start the podcast, part of fundamental analysis is corporate governance, right? Uh, corporate governance, Elon Musk. People invest in Tesla because Elon Musk is the CEO and everything he touches turns to gold. Really smart man. And he says that you get to the truth so you can predict outcomes. That's why doing our research, what we're doing is get to as close to the truth as possible with these teams in order to predict the outcomes of these games. So uh, in corporate governance, who's calling the shots? What's the corporate structure, right? You have to know that to be able to do well in the upcoming season. So we know Urban uh, Myers around, he won three national titles. So remember only 54 uh, men in 151 years of college football won a national title. Urban Meyer won three. That's why it's relevant that he's in town and his hand-picked guy, Ryan Day, is the head coach. He's done a great job. They go 13-1, one pandemic year, 11-2. So he knows what he's doing. But more important than that, if one business concept as well that we use in sports betting, if you are the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room, right? You need high-level people around you all the time, especially when you're in a uh, position of responsibility and you're making millions million dollars a year. To that end, it's very important that he has Kevin Wilson on that staff. Kevin Wilson uh, worked at Oklahoma as an offensive coordinator, uh, made a lot of money, won a lot of games. He's an offensive genius. And I say that because he didn't have any talent in Indiana. He was a head coach in Indiana. And we'll get to him later in, uh, in the podcast. Coach Allen's there. Indiana does not have uh, the greatest football heritage. They're not a blue blood for football like Ohio State is. And he was able to score a lot of points, get his team in a bowl game. More often than not. But uh, emotional control and building relationships. So Kevin Wilson has a hard time doing that. He reminds me a lot of Raheem Morris, the fact that he's such a good X's and O's guy, a brilliant guy, but he's the number two because he doesn't get along with people. The administration in Indiana got rid of him because he's a tough guy to deal with, right? A lot of these guys have got complexes because they are so smart. You know, just because you're smart and brilliant in one part of your life and you make millions of dollars, might not translate to something else, right? So, uh, but... He's in a good spot, and he adds depth to that staff in, in being able to change on the fly and come up with ideas. Uh, Ryan Day has surrounded himself with a lot of good people. Uh, he worked in the NFL for Chip Kelly, so he knows the NFL. He could go to a recruit and say, hey, I, I've been in the NFL. I can teach you how to get to the NFL, the crystal lobbies of the world. Last year was more of a developmental year for them. 
being a blue blood. Uh, a developmental year for them is 11 and 2. They almost made the playoffs and they win the Rose Bowl. It's because they have so much uh, talent, right? The Blue Bloods, uh, especially Ohio State, and they have built in advantages because of their past success. And Ryan Day and the coaching staff and the support staff that uh, we don't hear a lot of, they're doing a great job at identifying talent. And a Blue Blood team can still be successful, you know, the 11 2, 10 and 3, just off talent. But if they develop the talent, they're like Nick Satan in Alabama where they win all the games, right? And a down year, 12-1, losing in the playoffs. So just being a blue, a blue blood, they're going to win 10 games if they execute the system, right? Man can blow anything up. So they have a good corporate structure. So Ohio State has a good corporate structure heading into the year. They're in the second year of a two-year cycle. This is the, the, the year they go for it. They start at Notre Dame. They should be good. Look for September 10th. They play Arkansas State for that game to go over. The head coach at corporate governance again at Arkansas State is Chris Jones, offensive guy. Ryan Day is an offensive guy. So when you look at Ryan Day's style, styles make fights, styles uh, make uh, whether the game's going to go over or not. Arkansas State has no chance in this football game. However, they do have a chance to score some points because Ohio State sco- scores so fast that their defense gets tired and, and gives up points. They're led to give up points. Now, when they play a team that's, uh, you know has a, some sort of advantage coming off a bye and they're at home, and they're playing Ohio State, Ohio State's going over there, or they're playing a team with equal talent. Notre Dame might have equal talent. Wisconsin has their style, and they have players that they recruit to that style. It's going to be tough for them. At Michigan State, at Penn State, and then Michigan, those games where they might possibly be able to be beat, what Ryan Day wants a defensive coordinator to do is just get them one stop. They feel they can uh, get in a shootout and beat everybody, all right? With their, you know, with their uh, quarterback is making a million dollars in IL, all right. And you got, you know, so they feel they can get in a shootout and they can blow anybody out. Uh, they just need one stop from their defense. So, with that philosophy, Arkansas State might be able to score some points with Bush Jones, head coach of the SEC at Tennessee, did a great job at Cincinnati. Uh, he comes from the Brian Kelly tree of coaching. So that second game after that tough Notre Dame game, uh, look for Arkansas State to at least get the over and do your research before the game. They might be able to cover that game. So that's the spot I like a lot. They lost to Michigan last year. I really doubt they're going to lose to Michigan two years in a row, but it's way down the line. And then uh, Iowa. Iowa comes in October 22nd, October 29th, Penn State, and then at Northwestern. So Northwestern, there's a lot of defensive-minded teams 
this year. And then those defensive-minded teams have done good roster management, so they have a lot of guys coming back. So look for a lot of unders in Big Ten football. All right, so Ohio State, uh, second year of a two-year cycle. So that means 11-1, 12-0. Look for a big year for Ohio State. A lot of exciting games. And uh, look for those spots where that philosophy of Ryan Day makes the game go over, where normally uh, with a blue butt, it would go under. That's your, your Ohio State Buckeyes. We move on to your Michigan State, Michigan Wolverines and uh, Harbaugh uh, football mafia family. Uh, the dad was a great coach. Uh, we talked about Willie Taggart, head coach at uh, uh, FAU, with a history with Michigan and the process, the system that right now is making over, really, they're looking at because uh, Harbaugh is making $10 million a year. He has his two kids on staff making, you know, combined, both of them making $1.2 million. Uh, John Harbaugh with their Buffalo, uh, with uh, the Ravens, making seven, eight million. You're looking at the, the Harbaugh family making over close to $20 million coaching football. They have a process, a system, a style, and guess what? Makes games go under. Uh, salesmen think short-term. Businessmen, obviously, when you're making $20 million a year, you're a good businessman. He has good business people around him. Salesmen think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. Long-term thinking is higher-level thinking. What does that mean for football? Josh, what does it have to mean with Harbaugh? What does it have to mean? What does it mean uh, with me betting Michigan games? What it means is that he's going to hold his best plays, uh, especially on offense, that he sees in camp. He's going to hold it for the big games, right? Your Penn State, October 15th. Uh, Michigan State, which they lost to last year, October 29th. Uh, and then, obviously, Ohio State. So the Ohio State, when Ohio State plays Michigan, both teams are going to show schemes on offense and defense they have not shown all year. It's going to be such a big game. Uh, most likely, uh, I was thinking about it, the more things change, the more they stay the same sometimes. And it, it's going to be one of those years where Michigan and Ohio State uh, most likely roll through the Big Ten. Not necessarily roll, but do enough to win each game, right? Uh, they have so many options with so much talent that they have that they can hold a lot back and still win games playing vanilla. What does vanilla mean to us? It means under. And that they're not going to cover spreads over a key number, right? So key numbers are 3, 7, 10, 14, 21. So you're getting plus 22. Uh, you got to look at it. You're getting plus 18 against Michigan. You got to look at it. Uh, you got to do your research, but you have a basis to do so based on the research we've done, right? So your corporate governance, uh, we just talked about that. His dad won a national championship on the FBS level. They used to call it Division II. 
Uh, Willie Taggart helped recruit that team. He's the head coach of uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, they coach with Bo Schoenblecker. Bo Schoenblecker, one of the greatest coaches in college football, but he did not win a national title that I can recall. And if he did, he won one title, right? So you win one title, you're considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. But they're, from that lineage, uh, obviously, John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl against his brother. They both played each other. So the corporate governance is solid there, even though he has not had the results that they would prefer. Uh, he got blown out in the playoffs by the other uh, football mafia family, the Nick Satan, Bill Belichick mafia family, who uh, wins a lot, right? Kirby Smart comes from that family. He coached 10 years with Nick Satan, and he destroyed Michigan. Uh, last year, but he got him to the playoffs. And remember, Michigan has high academic standards. So compared to other blue blood-like teams, they have to focus on player development. And obviously, Harbaugh knows how to do that. He coached at San Diego on the FCS level, which is, you know, lower-level football, where all you do is develop players to be able to have a chance. Stanford, again, high academic standards, uh, they're not a blue blood, but to be successful the way he did, uh, the way he was at uh, Stanford, you have to be able to develop players and you have to develop that offensive line. And they do that. They can put offensive line in the NFL every year. They're a blue blood. Uh, the special teams coordinator is Jay Harbaugh. Now, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator himself, and that was his uh, – his, his area. Special teams was a vehicle he used to become a head coach. Anything for Jay Harbaugh, what does that mean? Uh, they're going to play a lot of field position football. They're going to play a lot of basic football and make other teams uh, make mistakes. They, they can leverage those mistakes with the talent they have and the style they have and keep a lot of the schemes, a lot of the plays they see in fall camp and during the season, it's really going to work with their personnel and hold that back for that Ohio State game where the, the physicality might be even. So what does that mean? Again, uh, look for big plus numbers. Uh, know the numbers, you know, you'll know everything. Person with the best information wins. So the fact that Michigan has a $17 billion endowment and they have the largest alumni group. What does that mean? They're betting blindly Michigan, right? So a line that's plus nine uh, should be plus nine, ends up being plus 17. And we end up making money. That's why we made $71,000 last year. Uh, doing our research and looking for those patterns. Is this an inflated line because the Michigan alumni have $17 billion in the endowment? That means that the large alumni group, there's a lot of people, a lot of money out there who break even on the season just betting blindly Michigan games and have a fun time in Vegas or now a sports betting league is legal in Michigan. They're free sports books, right? So 
we take advantage of it. We, we learn to look at the lines, do our research, and go the other way. Probably at Iowa is going to be like that. At Indiana, for sure, it's going to be like that. And those teams have enough talent, not necessarily win the game, but what we care about is covering. But we also care about having fun watching the game because we can be a fan watching the game. Uh, maybe came who wins or maybe not. But the way we monetize our time watching that game is the team covering the spread and getting the things right on the total. So uh, Ohio State, it's funny, they're opposite in Michigan this year. They're Look at the over for them because of the style. Look at the under for the style as a basis when you start betting Michigan football games. Look for that under uh, in those games and look for the opponents to be able to cover large inflated lines. Uh, they're coming off a playoff appearance. So a lot of casual people who are not doing the research, oh, Michigan went to the playoffs. Uh, so every year is different, right? So what you did last year doesn't count for this year. Has no bearing on this year, right? Even though they have a plan, they have an intricate plan, right? But we know what happens with plans, even the best plans, even people with the best advantages, right? Nobody planned on a pandemic. Nobody planned on a war in the Ukraine. So, uh, but these, these teams have a lot of resources to adjust to the fly. But styles makes fights. And in this context, uh, the style of play Michigan has, even though the outcome is going to be wins, their style lends to their games going under and the uh, dog covering large inflated lines. Remember the line changes. So if if it's a, a dog that you think has some fight in them and the line breaks out, let's say uh, Sunday night, the line comes out minus seven, Michigan. By Wednesday, it's minus 21. And then on Saturday morning, you get a, a plus 22 over the key number of 21. If you think that dog has a fight in it, you think that team could score points, or do you think uh, Michigan's could put the, the pedal on the metal and just off the metal, I mean, and just run the football, play field position, wait for that uh, lesser opponent to make a mistake, then leverage that? Because all they care about is winning, not covering 22-point spread. So that's how you bet the Michigan Wolverines uh, this year. They have nine guys coming back on offense. And they do a great job of roster management. They got 85 career starts on the offensive line. So the way, reason we look at that is because the more football you play, the better you get at football. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Now, you mitigate that with talent. Because no matter how much basketball I played, LeBron James could still uh, dunk on me, right? So you have to mitigate, okay, talent versus experience. Move, let's have a lot of talent. It kind of you know negates uh, the, the experience uh, an opponent might have, but when they play a, a team that's on their level, experience, uh, you know, a skill set uh, can make a difference. So that's why you have to do your research. But the more starts you have in an offensive line for a Michigan, the better they are, because they want to control the game uh, with the offensive line and running football. That's a hardball football way. That's what they believe in. They believe in special teams. Why? Because 
it was a vehicle for John Harbaugh and now Jay Harbaugh to make millions upon millions of dollars coaching football. And we follow it. Why? So we can make a little bit of money, 71000 as we did last year. And our percentage was 65%. Most, is, uh, most of the year, we were at 70%. The reason that's important is because 52.5% break even. So you want the highest margin between 52.5%. And the highest you can do is 70 to 80%. The highest level of certainty for probability is 80%. And anything. So probability theory with decision science to make good business decisions and uh, achieve the highest and best use of our time watching football. Now we go to Penn State. Penn State has seven guys coming back on offense, four on defense, 36 career starts on the offensive line. So Penn State's in the same boat as Michigan. They're a blue blood program. However, they have high academic standards. So both Penn State and Michigan are at a disadvantage against Ohio State because uh, Ohio State admits students that Michigan and Penn State cannot admit to the university because they're academic standards and whether they committed a crime in high school or not. Ohio State, it's like you can play, you're in, you know, like Alabama, Georgia, the whole SEC. Penn State, no, they have. They want to protect the student body from somebody who committed a violent crime in, in high school. So, same thing with Michigan. So the developmental side is very important for Penn State. So the fact that they only have thirty-six career starts on the offensive line is going to be a problem. Uh, it's going to be a problem at Purdue first game of the season on Thursday, Thursday night. It's going to be a problem at, at Auburn, especially Auburn, because remember, uh, top-level SEC teams, they all make sure they have great defensive line in the body types from the South. And Penn State beat Auburn last year. And, and, and Coach, Coach Franklin uh, did a great job with no talent at Vanderbilt, built that program up from nothing. Uh, and now his, I believe his ninth year and has a 10 year extension, uh, making at least $5 million a year. We'll have in the episode notes, the exact figure, but he's making at least five, $6 million a year coaching football. Uh, phenomenal coach, phenomenal uh, judge of talent. So Michigan and Penn State compared to Ohio State, they really have to be really good judges of talent and to be able to develop players. Now you can play up to sometimes six years, right? They call uh, Minnesota six-year U, okay? Uh, the reason you can play up to six years is because you take one redshirt year that used to be if you got hurt, you got a redshirt. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. And then... Now you can take one year uh, redshirt without an injury, and then you can take another year with an injury. If an injury happens, so sometimes injury happens, and and they say, "Hey, man, take this development year." So up to six years, 
these guys can develop people. Uh, so the fact that they have 36 starts coming back on the offensive line is a concern. You're going to have to develop those guys. Uh, Purdue, Auburn, they play at Central Michigan and Northwestern. They could be three and two going to the bye before they go to Michigan. So they could be three and three going into the Minnesota game and have that offensive line develop so that they can get at least six wins and get to the a bowl game. They can get more wins depending on how good of a coaching job uh, the, his coaching staff has. He's too good. He's a real good people person. That's why he does such a great job recruiting uh, and does a great job uh, picking talent in the coaching world. So he loses, a, there's a lot of turnover because he picks guys that other programs want to run their whole program. So uh, Manny Diaz is a new uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, he was the head coach at Miami. Uh, he's a longtime defensive coordinator. He knows what he's doing with that talent. So with that off offensive line developing, the defense is going to have to come back, come up big with the talent they have. They only have four starters coming back. But since they're close to being a blue blood, uh, you would think they have talent to uh, at least get to a bowl game, win six or seven games. However, that does not bode well for those two road games to start off. And uh, Coach Franklin doesn't have to panic uh, overreact and do something to uh, endanger the long-term future. Remember, salesmen think short-term. Businessmen think long-term. So thinking long-term, as uh, James Franklin does, higher-level thinking, smart guy, making millions upon millions of dollars. He, I think he's, the bye week is going to be very important for them. As they, they'll do a lot of correction, a lot of teaching in the bye week. Uh, however, before the bye, we'll make money at, at Purdue, look hard at Purdue, and then at Auburn. Uh, look to bet the, the Auburn Tigers, a war eagle. They got the two nicknames. Uh, and with that offensive line, too, uh, look, they got to run. The, the easiest thing to teach uh, linemen is run blocking. Look for them to run the ball a lot. Get that offensive line experience and get them confidence, right? Just hit someone. Stop thinking. Just hit someone, young man. So that means to us, game's going under. And Manny Diaz likes playing that zone. So zone and football for us, for the most part, means you want to keep things in front of them, keep the game under, keep the clock running, right? You're going to play that style of play. So we have uh, Michigan playing that style. We're going to have Penn State playing that style. Most of the conference is playing that. So you got to look for a lot of games to go under and a lot of games where teams are just waiting for the other team to make a mistake so they can capitalize on it, right? They'll hear coaches say, oh, the, the team that makes the less mistake win, right? They want to play fundamentally sound football, develop their guys for when they have their, their up year and their two-year cycle. That's that's what we're looking at with Penn State. They were seven and six last year, four and five the year before, uh, eleven and two. 
9 and 4, 11 and 2. So you see the two-year cycles, right? They go 11 and 2 and 17. They go 9 and 4 and 18. They go 11 and 2, right? So that's your developmental year. You go 11 and 2 in 2019. 2020, all bets are off. Last year, there were 7 and 6. They probably should have won more games last year with the talent they had. Uh, they had a lot of close games last year. They lost to Michigan, uh, 21-17. Uh, they lose to Michigan State, 30-17. That easily could have been uh, nine wins. Uh, they lose 20-23 at Iowa. So that's 10, year, 10 wins. That should have been an up cycle for them, right? where they were basically three plays away from winning 10 games. So this is going to be more of a developmental year for next year for them. Uh, I can see them losing to Purdue, Auburn, at Michigan, that's three. Uh, and then the basket of Minnesota, Ohio State, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State. So you're looking at four or five losses for uh, Penn State. Now, Penn State, their endowment, let me look at it. Penn State. So let's we'll see, 2021, 2021, Penn State and down, right? They're a lot like Michigan. They have a large, rich uh, alumni class. And a lot of alumni who bet blindly Penn State games and not using business and financial concepts. So uh, they have a $7 billion budget at Penn State, and they have a 3.4 billion dollar endowment. So that's a big difference. Obviously, the richest alumni group in the country is Texas A&M at Texas Oil Money. Number two is uh, number two as far as uh, income of graduates is Michigan. Penn State's up there, but their endowment is a lot less. They're a lot less. Uh, still, a lot of rich alumni betting blindly on Penn State. What does that mean? That means that they're going to get inflated lines. Inflated lines for us and my other job, it's an oversold stock. So look for Penn State to be oversold, especially early in the season, and look to back where it's playing Penn State. Uh, at Purdue, got to look hard at Purdue and Auburn. All right. Central Michigan, they have a great coach. He's a coach of Florida. We'll have the names in the episode notes. The next escapes me at the moment. But that's a game you got to look at Central Michigan, being able to cover the spread. Maybe not necessarily win at Happy Valley, but be able to cover an inflated Penn State line with all those alumni uh, betting blindly. High net worth uh, Penn State alumni betting blindly, the Nintley Lions. And we look to go the other way, making money watching college football. So that's Penn State. Uh, the under, and they only got four guys coming back on defense. Very interesting to see how uh, coaches coach them up so uh, the, the season doesn't go south in a hurry, which it can. Penn, Michigan State. Michigan State 
Spartans, uh, offensive line coach is making a million dollars. Remember, we're looking at corporate governance as we uh, do our research to make money watching college football. Mel Tucker's making almost uh, 19 million, not 19 million, but $9 million a year. He comes from the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban tree, tree of coaching. That means defense. That means running the ball. That means a lot of their games, more often than not, without things considered, go under. Michigan State and the under. They go 11-2 last year. They bring nine guys back on defense, five on offense, 90 career starts coming back on the offensive line. Uh, Mel Tucker, he, he should be an NFL head coach. He should have gotten the job at Jacksonville. Uh, I remember him winning a game as the interim coach, man. He did a great job. Uh, basically uh, a genius defensively. Everywhere he goes, he has success. Everything he does turns to gold. Uh, two last year, they win the bowl game to beat uh, Pat Nard- you know, uh, Narducey with their pit. Uh, he has the program rolling as far as recruiting. He's a great recruiter. He left the, the people at uh, Colorado hanging. That was not cool. He left after one year. The people were upset because he uh, he's really good at what he does, right? That's why he, they're not giving him $9 million a year uh, for nothing. So, again, so you're looking at Michigan State right now. Uh, you're looking at Penn State. You're looking at Michigan. Those three teams want to run the fall, play zone, keep things in front of them, wait for other people to make mistakes and keep their best schemes and plays for the big games or the recruiting game where they bring all the recruits. That's where you're going to see the best schemes from there. Otherwise, you're going to try to run the ball. So what does that mean to us? Under. You're looking at Washington September 17th. Really, you got to look at the other. Uh, September 24th, Minnesota. Same thing. Uh, once Vegas catches up, you want to maybe hit the the under early before uh, the line gets inflated the other way or oversold the other way. So Michigan State and the under, they look like an under team. Uh, the fact that they have so many starts coming back on the offensive line, they have a phenomenal offensive line coach for paying a million dollars a year for. You got to think Michigan is going to win. Michigan State is going to win a lot of close games this year. Uh, and they'll definitely have more wins than Penn State. Look for another big year for our win, win total goes for Michigan State. Look for a lot of their games to go under. What does that mean? Again, those styles means that when they are a big favorite, they do not cover. However, when they're a big underdog, they do cover as a dog. That's what it means when you have teams that play zone, teams that like to... Um, run the football. They like to protect the defense to keep the defense fresh. That to us means the under, and that to us means they do not cover as large favorites 
but they do cover dogs and they contributed that philosophy contributed to the $71,000 we made last year uh, wagering on college football games. So that's your Michigan State Wolverines looking at, yeah, at, at Washington's the end that we're looking at. We, we're looking at them. And then Minnesota, Wisconsin, October 15th. At first glance, without doing the research for that particular week, you start your foundation with the under. That's Michigan State. At Illinois, November 5th, Brent Bilma, an offensive line uh, guru himself. What does that mean to us? It means that the game's going under. All right. So now we go to Coach Mike Locks. Uh, Mike. Loxley, offensive coordinator at Maryland from 12 to 15. He went to the Nick Satan rehabilitation program because he was head coach in New Mexico State, I believe, and he was screwing the secretary. No, no, you do not do that in college because you're supposed to teach kids. You don't teach kids to do that. Very inappropriate. So you go into the Nick Satan uh, coaching rehab uh, to learn, you know, the gaps he has in his uh, coaching to uh, rehabilitate his reputation. And now he's at Maryland. He's slowly but surely uh, building that program up for what he learned from Nick Satan. Uh, very impressed with his offensive coordinator hire. Uh, Mr. Enos, Dan Enos, he was the head coach at Central Michigan. And man, they make some money going over for us. Or we make some money betting Dan Enos and the over. So he knows how to put points on the board. They will not mind. You look at Purdue, two offensive coaches going against each other October the 8th. Uh, that game, look for that game to go over. Or Vegas has caught up and puts an inflated line on there, and now you're ready to go the other way. Always do your research. But as we prepare a basis for the season to make our decisions, that October the 8th against Purdue looks over. Like that, that game for sure is going over with two offensive-minded coaches going against each other. They have nine coming back on offense. They have 94 career starts. Coming back on the offensive line, uh, Mike Lastly uh, knows how to hire coaches. A guy like Lastly, Curry Smart, uh, they they know how to coach every position on the field. They know how to be uh, a coordinator for each position on the field. However, they just come in to fill in gaps where there's a problem that the coach can't figure out. Otherwise, they have the resources the connections to be able to uh, hire high-level high coaches, right? So what that means for us is really good corporate governance and that he uh, corrected the mistakes he was making as a coach by going to Alabama and getting information he needed to take things to the next level. However, the Big Ten is tough. But you're going to start the season the 
a lot of confidence, three and zero, most likely uh, in Buffalo, Charlotte, December seventeenth, SMU. Uh, Coach Rhett Lashley, offensive guy, uh, players that we recruited to SMU is to get into shootouts. The two offensive minded coaches on September seventeenth look for that game to go over uh, SMU Mustangs when they come to uh, to. College Park, Maryland. We play the Terrapins. Uh, look for them to have a really good season. They have seven guys coming back on defense. Daninos is a genius offensive coordinator. Brian Williams, uh, he doesn't have a lot of experience, but remember what we said about offensive coaches. They feel they can win every single shootout. Especially we got a genius offensive coordinator to go all ahead with the head offensive minor head coach. So that defense coordinator just has to get one stop in a crucial situation for them, and they feel they're going to win. So look for a lot of Maryland games to go over and look for them to have a big year. Look for them to have more wins than they had last year. They went seven and six last year. Look for them to get eight or nine wins. It's going to be good, uh, good vibes up there in Maryland. Now, bad vibes is going to be Bloomington, uh, Indiana. Coach Tom Allen, he's a great guy, great man. He's a man of faith. Ben Davis High School, Indianapolis, which is the big high school there in Indiana. Uh, he has only been a defensive coordinator for two years before he got the head coaching job. Now he hired himself as a defensive coordinator. Uh, the guy who's there is a defensive coordinator name only. And it's because the program's going south. He's a great rah-rah guy. Uh, but again, he's not genius level, which you need to be on this level to be a defensive coordinator. He's going to make the defense very simple. He's going to get speed guys out there. and kind of win with enthusiasm. Because we have it at the beginning of the podcast. He's a great motivator. Man knows how to motivate people. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, most likely when he finishes coaching, he'll probably go into the ministry and motivate people as a pastor at a Baptist church. However, uh, maintaining relationships and getting good coaches in there and uh, being able to recruit to Indiana has not been a strong suit. That's why they went two and ten last year. Uh, year before that, they were six and two, eight and five. And he took over for Kevin Wilson, who's the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, they returned five on offense, seven on defense. However, I I really don't feel that the program has the level of sophistication with uh, compared to the other coaches in the league, right? So what I'm saying is that they're a corporate governance disadvantage, competitive disadvantage in the Big Ten. So I see them losing a lot of close Big Ten games. Uh, since they're not going to do well in the Big Ten, or at least hope they want to at least get 500 in the Big Ten, they have to win all of their uh, non-conference games to get into a bowl. They're playing at Cincinnati, right? And we'll do the AAC preview uh, 
in the coming weeks, but Cincinnati is high-level developmental program, which Fickle, wrestling champion at State Ohio, in the state of Ohio. That looks like a loss for Indiana. So that's a big game for them. They can win that, that game because, you know, developmental teams, uh, two developmental teams, they have probably the talent camp isn't crazy, but Fickle's done a great job. So you might be looking at a loss. It's a big game for them. Uh, Tom Allen for a lot of low on a lot of levels. They start at, uh, with Illinois. Big game there. They have to win that game to get their confidence up from a two and ten season. Uh, Brett Mill Billmo, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, it looks like a tough year for them, and you gotta read. Um, if you get a subscription to the Indianapolis Star, you can get one for $2. I see what Coach says before the game each week. I see if Coach is going to get into a shootout because with Willie Tagger, when he was a defensive coordinator at USF, the school I graduated from, and uh, with Kevin Wilson as a defensive coordinator with offensive minded coaches, they just had to get one stop. Blitz, give, give me the ball back so I can go run my plays. Uh, so he can go either way. He can play the style of football we're talking about, where it's zone, run the football, wait for the other team to make mistakes, right? 17, 10, under. Or uh, depending on the talent, injuries that are going on during the week, the opponent, he might want to get in a shootout. He might want to get in a shootout with Western Kentucky, right, third game of the season. So that, that game will go over. At Cincinnati, that game for sure is going under. He does not want to get in a shootout with Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't want to get in a shootout either. At Nebraska, uh, Nebraska, this is a big year for Scott Frost. We'll talk about him later. He needs to win. And Tom Allen's going over there. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be another tough year for Indiana. So at the end, I don't know what they're going to have left with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Purdue. The last four games of the season coming off a bye. Uh, if the season had gone south, that bye week could be the week Tom Allen gets fired. Uh, so it's one of those things that you either stay away from it or pick the inflated line favorite. Because Penn State's going to be an inflated line. Uh, Ohio State's going to be an inflated line. Michigan State is going to be on a play the line. Uh, Tom Allen, if he's there, he's good as a, as a dog. As a dog. So let's say they get blown out by Penn State November the 5th. And then the line at Ohio State November the 12th is 36 points. One over the key number of 35. You go in the end all day because Coach Allen, great motivator, is going to have his team up for that game. Right. They're going to lose, but they're going to cover the spread because Coach Allen is not going to give up. Right, That's how you bet your Indiana Hoosiers. Great motivator. So they get blown out one week, they'll cover the next because he's going to have them fight. And the defense, like I said, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, it's, it's a defense that's geared to the fact that if you have more enthusiasm and you run to the ball, uh, you're going to do better. But can you really do that 
uh, especially late in the season when the injuries mount and if losses mount, right? It's going to be tough to do it every game, but after a bad outing, he knows how to uh, uh, rally the troops in a big way. That's why I say he should be a pastor, right? Help people during tough times. Get them up, get them over. Uh, that, that's your coach, Tom Allen, and that's your Indiana Hoosiers. Seven back on defense, five on offense. Uh, only 61 starts on the offensive line. You need more than that when you're a developmental team. Uh, roster management is a big part of corporate governance and being a college uh, football coach because the fact that he only has 61 starts on the offensive line and this is a developmental program that does not look good from a corporate governance standpoint for your Indiana Hoosiers, but it's always been a tough place to coach football. It's been a basketball school. Bobby Knight won a couple of national titles. So from there, we go to Shop the Wood. And, and Coach Greg Ciano, uh, he coached with Bush Davis in Miami. Uh, he really comes from the Bill Belichick tree of defense. He got hired as the uh, defense coordinator of the New England Patriots. And then he gets fired before the season even starts. Uh, same thing happened to him at Tennessee. He got hired as a head coach at Tennessee. He gets fired uh, before he could take the job. So what's hiding in the background that obviously no reporter or anyone has made public about Graciano? We know that he listened to uh, Jerry Sandusky, uh, you know, rape player or, or yeah, right, basically, because they were young kids. In the locker room, he didn't say anything. Uh, you know, he's a great football coach. He was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the head coach of Rutgers and resurrected the program from nothing. I was reading the other day. He had 39 players from Miami playing in New Jersey. In his heyday, the Ray Rice days, again, Ray Rice got kicked out of the NFL. For what domestic violence? So, Coach Ciano, great coach, uh, got the Rutgers program up and into the Big Ten from nothing. Uh, he's, so, he's a smart guy. However, trouble finds him. And, you know, he has a, some sort of dark secret that gets him fired from jobs. So, you, you got to evaluate, right? The same way Elon Musk is a genius. But trips on ACLCD every day. There's a lot of drugs. You got to mitigate that, right? In your investment in Tesla. For or against. But you have to keep that in mind and when to cut bait and, you know, stop betting records to cover because Shiano did something crazy, right? So you don't know. It's a wild card. Hopefully he's learned from mistakes. Hopefully he's the 5% of people who can change their ways your past does not have to equal your future uh, he goes three and six five and eight chop that wood is the motto of Rutgers so these coaches uh, especially Chiano covers every single detail he had like uh, 25 assistant coaches in Tampa Bay each had a specific 
job to do to cover every single detail. He has the same type of staff and resources at Rutgers. Uh, he, he came from Rutgers as defense coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, and then he got fired defense coordinator for uh, New England in the offseason, never coached a game, and then he gets head coach at Rutgers. Big game to start the season at Boston College. Jeff Hatley is a protege. Shiana, again, it goes back to the Bill Belichick, Nick Singh style of play and defense. Uh, so basically, the Big Ten is a big Harbaugh family versus the Ohio State versus the coaching tree of Bill Belichick and Nick Singh. Shiano is a Nick Singh, Bill Belichick guy, true and through, along with the off, off the field. Uh, lack of ethics, but we're not moralists. We're not preachers on here. We just get, because the best person with the best information wins. So we get uh, information that we've distilled, uh, you know, betting on these games in the last 25 years to information about corporate governance that's relevant and impactful in um, creating a basis, a logic for a wager that we monetize to the tune of $71,000 last year. So, Rutgers football, big game at Boston College uh, against his protege. Look for this game to go under. Uh, philosophy, run the football, play zone, keep things in front of you, let other people make mistakes. Force mistakes from, a, from, from the other people. Uh, he's done a great job, very detail-oriented. And 73 career starts coming back on the offensive line. So he's doing good with roster uh, management. He always hires really good coaches for his staff. Uh, his offensive coordinator is Sean Gleason. Uh, he was the coordinator at Oklahoma State. So we'll get to the Big 12 coming on, but uh, Mullethead. The coach at uh, Oklahoma State, great office of mine. So he probably imparted his wisdom on Mr. Gleason. Defense coordinator is Joe uh, Harris Mayak, but Piano being the control freak that he is, like Bill Belichick, he's really his own defense coordinator. So uh, the way Chiano does it is meetings during the week. And right now, believe you me, right now, in the middle of summer, dog days of summer, Greg Chiano is watching film and creating game plans. During the week, he'll tell the defensive coordinator what to do. He's basically his own defensive coordinator, but he's smart enough not to meddle too, too much in the office. At least he knows that. Right? Both he doesn't. So look for uh, records to steadily improve and again. That's the theme of the Big Ten as we do our research. A lot of Big Ten games, uh, you got to look at the under hard because the style of play, the way these, these coaches recruit players to these universities to play a specific style, uh, then lends to the under. You know, team, you know, so that's that's your Scarlet, that's your Scarlet Nuts right there. Under September the 3rd at Boston College with his brother Jay. 
September 21st, 4th, early in the season, Iowa. Man, it screams under, right? Another Bill Belichick guy, uh, Kurt LaFrance, Nick Satan guy. Same coaching tree. Coach with each other, know each other, run the same philosophy. Won a lot of games, a lot of championships doing that. So the only reason most people change is because they have to change. A guy like Kurt LaFrance is making, uh, yeah, I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but something like that. He's making over $5 million, coached at Iowa for 20 years. There's no reason for him to change. So what do we do? We bet the under and make money. We don't have to change either. We keep making that money watching football, highest and best use of our time. And we're giving you information to be in the top 20% or better. 80% people of the people lose. That's why uh, sports betting is so profitable to the casinos and the sports. We're giving you information so you're the – 20% of people who make money watching sports and have the highest and best use of their time. So uh, that's Rutgers, the under. <laughs> At Minnesota, October 29th, looks under Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Yeah, look how those games go under. Now, a team that's made us a lot of unders throughout the years is the Wisconsin Badgers, when you talk about system, when you talk about process, when you talk about uh, corporate governance, Alvarez, uh, who designed this program, was there forever, just retired last year. He coached there. He's all about that zone, right? Uh, zone and running the football, won him a national title with uh, Lou Holtz and a guy who went to high school, Tom Carter. He won a national championship with that style style play, and we made a lot of money bidding the unders with Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin leans on the offensive line. They have a whole process for recruiting offensive linemen. It's almost like plug-and-play. Plug so their offensive linemen, it's funny because I have a good friend who graduated from the University of Wisconsin. He always talks about the GPA of the offensive line and how guys on the, on the Wisconsin offensive line, they're always geniuses. They're always so smart. And they know how to pick and develop guys. So that's why it doesn't matter that you just have 57 career starts on that offensive line. Uh, they have a process, a system in place, and they they do well. They're, they're in every game. They win 19 games every year. Uh, look for the same for Wisconsin. And you got to look at the end of that under Notre Dame game last year. Uh, we did well. Uh, at Ohio State, September 24th, looked under. So, Wisconsin, uh, the corporate governance is Paul Crisp. He was born in Madison, Wisconsin. All right, so, you have the Harbaugh family over there in Michigan. The dad was the head coach, won a title on the FCS level. Uh, they have a whole philosophy around football. Uh, Paul Crisp's dad was a coach. Born in Madison, Wisconsin. Most people die 30 miles away from the, where they were born. And that's studies been done, many studies by legitimate universities, peer reviewed evidence based studies. 80% of people die 30 miles away from the, where they were born. So you don't change unless you have to change. The guy's making millions upon millions of dollars with this style of play. Again, 
lean on your offensive line, play really good special teams, run the football, play really good zone. For us, it means more often than not, the under. October 1st, Illinois comes in. Burt Billima went to the Rose Bowl three times at Wisconsin. Doing what? Running the football play zone. So look at that October 1st uh, game. Either two things are going to happen. We're going to monetize. Either the game's going to be under or the total is going to be set so low that it has to go over. You make that determination before that week. However, we have a really good basis for that. Uh, we look at Wisconsin. Uh, they're probably going to win their half. And if the winner of the conference goes to the playoffs, look uh, for Wisconsin to go back to the Rose Bowl. Paul Chris, that's your Wisconsin Badgers. Again, uh, if they get, you see an inflated line, you think Illinois State has some players on that team? Uh, because of that style, they, they're great as underdogs, bad as favorites. So look hard at Illinois State. Look hard at Washington State. I think New Mexico State is just too depleted talent-wise to, uh, regardless of the style Wisconsin has to put much of a fight. But look at Illinois State. Look at Washington State coming in to cover a, an inflated line. Uh, same thing when they, when they go to Iowa and Nebraska. But that's late in the season. A lot of things happen. Uh, and you have to do your research week to week. But again, uh, things that jump out are, are going to be the under Illinois State, Washington State. November 12th at Iowa. Screams under. And next we are going to look at your Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa returns seven on defense, seven on offense, and uh, Kurt LaFrance every year puts an offensive lineman in the NFL. His son is what? The special teams coordinator, isn't he? Or is he still the offensive coordinator? So, yeah, his son Brian is in his sixth year as the offensive coordinator uh, after being the old line coach. Remember, that's a specialty. That's how they know how to recruit, develop, and put in the NFL. He's been there for 22 years. Again, since they run the ball a lot, since they're, you know, they're, they're so good at special teams, right? They, they keep their defense fresh, puts them in a good position. That's under. So you're looking at Iowa with the same style, Wisconsin, same style, Rutgers, same style. Indiana hopes to be that style, but they just can't get enough talent to do that. So they don't want to get in a shootout. Maryland will get in a shootout. Michigan State, Pitt State, and Michigan, all that same stock. So you're looking at about 75% of the Big Ten wants to run the football play zone and keep games under, right? Uh, using that strategy, you can make a lot of money watching football, watching Big Ten football this year. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, doing my research during the summer and being set and prepared as the year starts. So yeah, they only return 44 starts in the offensive line. It's irrelevant. Uh, they have to do, this is a developmental. They're not blue blood like Ohio State or even close to being blue bloods like Penn State 
and Michigan. They are 100% developmental team. Doesn't mean they can't go have a great year, go 12 year, 12 and 0 one year. They just can't go 12 and 0 back to back, right? Uh, you look at them, go in five, nine, four, 10 and three, 62, 10 and four. It's the style of play, uh, the players they recruit to that school, the sister style of play, uh, running the football with a big offensive lineman, uh, playing zone, waiting other teams to make a mistake, waiting for the quarterback to airmail, right? What does that mean for us? It means that we've made a lot of money betting what? The under, all right? So they're not going to cover whoever they play with a big line. So look at South Dakota State. Uh, and really, South Dakota State should be in the Big 12. Was, uh, or I'm thinking in North Dakota State. But South Dakota State uh, is a good FCS program. Remember, because of marginal utility, since there isn't that much difference between what I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the two, the 201 player versus the thousandth uh, player, right? It's that much difference. Uh, everybody can go to the work, uh, the weight room, work hard during the summer. Everybody can do that. Uh, they do that at South Coast State. So you got to look at South Coast State to cover. Look at uh, Iowa State with Coach Campbell also to be able to cover. Uh, because teams that play this style, especially Iowa, Iowa uh, can't get normally uh, the level of talent maybe Wisconsin can even get. Definitely not Michigan or Penn State playing that style. Uh, so usually uh, coach because he's developing team, they get better as the year goes along. So when they play these FCS teams, when they play Iowa State, Iowa State has won me a lot of money throughout the years covering because they always get an inflated line and they cover the threat, right? Because most people do not do their research. 80% of people lose, 80% of people bet blindly. So by avoiding those things, we leverage, they pay for us. They pay for our wins because the, the casino needs to make a profit. Sportsbook needs to make a profit. So the money we make, the profit we make is really playing kind of like a sports betting zone defense where you're waiting for the other bettors to make a mistake, a mistake uh, wagering early season Iowa Hawkeye games. And we make money uh, for them buying, right, an oversold stock, which would be Iowa football if they get a big spread earlier in the season. What do I do? I go the other way and make money. So uh, trying to see if there's a line out. I know, I know there's a line out. Looking for that line with uh, South Dakota State in Iowa. You just really got to look at South Dakota State. Early in the season, remember, uh, coach has bigger fish to fry later in the season. So he's not going to show much uh, playing South Dakota State. Uh, people bet blindly. So if you get something like plus 17, uh, and really, regardless whether South Dakota State is going to have a good year or not, 
it's early in the season. Uh, these are young kids. There's, there's a lot of legitimate hope. There's a lot of false hope. But it's going to be a lot of enthusiasm for a game of the season. And, uh, you know, I was going to play vanilla and wait for the other team to make a mistake. So, uh, very excited to do my research on South Dakota State to see if they have a chance uh, to cover a large line against Iowa, who historically does not cover uh, early season games. So my favorite sports betting app does not have a line on that game. Uh, let's see if I can find somewhere else real quick. South Dakota State. South Dakota State in Iowa. Excited uh, for the possibilities. Right. September third, twenty twenty two. Looking at, all right, let me look at one place before we finish up the other teams. One of those things, life happens. And when you see an opportunity like this, uh, you got to take advantage of it in the moment before something happens and you forget about it. So, right now, I might bet it right now while we're doing this podcast if it sounds or looks too crazy. But you have to do your research. You have to do a little bit of research on South Dakota State. Never bet blindly. Uh, so September the third, intriguing game. Because I know South Dakota State always goes deep in, in those FCS playoffs. All those Dakota teams, they always are great at developing players and covering big spreads earlier in the season against upper level Division One teams. So let's look at September 3rd is going to be big day sports betting. Okay, so South, yeah, there's no line to that game right now. So Vegas has to do the research on the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I just know they have a great uh, FCS program and the talent gap is not going to be that crazy one through 22, one through 30, where the problem South Dakota State is going to have is going to be depth because Iowa has more resources for more players. And there's a scholarship limit in the FCS. Uh, I think it's in the 50s. Uh, and uh, a Division One team like Iowa can have 85. So they're going to have more depth early in the season with all this false hope and legitimate hope and all the energy these young kids have. Uh, right now, before I you know, finish doing the research, I like South Dakota State a lot. I like Iowa State a lot. Uh, Nevada, Nevada, 
it's going through a same transition. So uh, I think the talent gap might, might be a little bit too much. The Cali gap is going to be a little bit too much for Nevada. But Iowa State and South Dakota State, man, you got to look that hard to go against an oversold stock and inflated Iowa Hawkeye line. Now, one of my favorite teams and coaches is P.J. Fleck, corporate governance. He took the Western Michigan program uh, from ruins and got him to 11 wins in a college bowl game. He has covered as a dog an insane amount of time. I have survival guilt uh, over how much money P.J. Fleck has put in my pocket, my family's pocket, so we can enjoy Christmas. <laughs> And contributed to $71,000 we made last year. He has great, he does a great job of roster management. Uh, 64 career starts on the offensive line. Last year it goes nine and four. Year before it was three and four, uh, 11 and two, seven and six. So you look at the two year cycles, right? Then we talk about recruiting. It goes seven and six and 18. He goes 11 and 2 and 19. He goes 3 and 4, 20, 21, 9 and 4. So this is going to be more a developmental year for Row Your Boat. So remember, records was chopped at wood. The motto at Minnesota is Row Your Boat. Six on offense, six on defense. We're going to see the level of recruiting that, that Coach Fleck has. They call uh, Minnesota, they call it six year. You. They do it for a reason. But again, remember, Blue Bloods against developmental teams or developmental programs. This is a developmental program. Uh, has the level of recruiting gotten up to the point where they're in a developmental year where things don't get too bad? Like they do at Northwestern. When they have a developmental year, they only win like two games. I think Minnesota can go 500. Is good coach going to let himself get in a couple shootouts? Last year, they had a great offensive line, great running backs going into the season. Uh, had a lot more experience. Remember, the COVID year helps developmental teams a lot because he got that extra year. Uh, he's a great, he does a great job hiring coaches. They always lead for the programs. Uh, again, he figures out how to get games close. He doesn't sleep at night. He's married to the game of football. He's divorced. And he says it. I'm married to the game of football. He spends 20 hours a day just working and thinking about football. What happens? Games that shouldn't be close are close. And he has a, a higher win total uh, compared, you know, when you look, when you look at the talent. So he, he overachieves, right? But things can go south too quickly. But he's a big row your boat. He's a great motivator, like Tom Allen. So if they get blown out one week, bet PJ Fleck the next week, right? Uh, we made a lot of money doing that. I've made a lot of money uh, when he was in Minnesota, Michigan and Minnesota betting the Golden Gophers as a dog. So when the line came out last year, plus 22, Against Ohio State, man, that was easy money. Uh, 
nothing really jumps out. So maybe September 24th at Michigan State. Do your research uh, every game. But September the 1st, Thursday night, remember, teams win 80% of the time at home Thursday night. New Mexico State, a hugely deflated roster. Uh, look for Minnesota to cover that and roll over New Mexico State just because of the rah-rah. Roll your boat, make sure first game of the season. The weather's going to be decent for people to have fun September 1st. On Thursday night, it should blow out New Mexico State. So that's your Golden Gophers. All right, so there we go. Your Nebraska Cornhuskers, your Purdue Boilermakers, Northwestern Wildcats, and the Fighting Illini. If I can say Illini. Fighting a lot. So, Nebraska, big year for Scott Frost. He has to produce. He is going into his fifth year. And to this point, he's gone four and eight, five and seven, three and five, and three and nine. He coached for a rival. You can't finish University uh, UCS. And I'm sad to see him go because we beat him a lot. And when even when he had a better team, it was a close game. We should have won. You got seven back on offense, five on defense. He's changing his philosophy on offense with his new uh, offensive coordinator, Mark Ripple, who is an offensive genius. He's a lot like Kevin Wilson over there at Ohio State. Uh, he's a genius offensively. Uh, did not do well as a head coach, but man, uh, with talent being equal, he'll, he'll win every time because he's that great of a coach. So look for them to kind of buck the trend a little bit. Uh, I see them trying to score a lot of points, getting to sh uh, shootouts. He coached uh, Nick Patty over there at uh, Pitt, uh, you know, first-round draft pick. Uh, so look for, for, look for Nebraska games to go over. As he, They're going to try to get into shootouts. They're, he's an offensive coach. So when two offensive-minded coaches go against each other, with all things being equal, you got to look at the over. So that's October the 15th at Purdue. Put that in your notes. Put in a learner on your calendar. That game most likely is going to go over. Uh, Northwestern is going to be tough. August 27th, he has to win that game uh, for his future. Going to be a very good game to start the season. Going to be very exciting. Uh, that's Nebraska, really. They have uh, 76 career starts on that offensive line. I look for a big year from them. Uh, when you look at their, their season total, I would say look for the over on the Nebraska season total. And let me look to see what that is here. Nebraska season total. Nebraska season total. So you're looking at 8.5 wins 
No, I'm looking at the wrong team. I'm looking at North Carolina State. So, yeah. So, Northwestern's going to tell a lot. They should win Northwestern. North Dakota, it's going to be interesting Look for North Dakota to cover, but they'll win that. They'll win Georgia Southern. Oklahoma's in a transition year. Uh, they played them tough last year. They can get a win against that traditional rival, Oklahoma. It's going to be huge for them coming off the bye. Should be the Indiana. Uh, they should win one of the two between Rutgers and Purdue, but they have a double bye. Illinois has a double bye, too. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, then Illinois is a winnable game. Minnesota at Michigan could be interesting if they're having a really good year. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. So this could be a big turnaround year for Nebraska. Uh, it's going to be a make or break year for Scott Frost. Uh, he should come back, you know, he should come back big in his fifth year there. Uh, he has the talent the way he wants it. So let me see here. The season total for Nebraska. I like it a lot, depending on what the number is, for them to go over the total. Again, uh, the, the Nebraska, since they're, they're a traditional winning team, uh, they seem to be an oversold stock. So season total for Nebraska. Nebraska Courthouse. Used to be easier to find. Just look it up online. But I guess with uh, uh, being legalized in more states, a lot of obfuscation of information. The season totals. All right, here we go. Winter. Nebraska Cornhuskers. Seven point five. So, uh, Northwestern's a possible win. The one, two, three. Uh, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Indiana should be a win. So. They could be really six and zero, seven and zero. Illinois should be a win, uh, and then the basket of Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa is two wins. So look for Nebraska to go over the season total of seven point five. Uh, 
your Nebraska Cornhuskers. Seven on offense, five on defense. 76 career starts. Make or break a year for Scott Frost. Could be, who, who knows? It could be up to $20 million in difference in income for the rest of his career, whether he has a good year or not this year. So uh, I'm literally betting that he's going to make sure he has a good year. So we go to the Purdue Boilermakers, the coach making $7 million a year. Uh, coach Jeff Brom has steadily improved the program, produced a developmental program. So they go four and eight, two and four, nine and four last year. They look at 77 career starts in the offensive line. They've, they've improved the level of recruiting here. Coach has defense coordinator Ron English, who uh, was a safety coach at Florida. He's decent, really good recruiter. Uh, two-year cycle. So maybe looking at a down year for the two-year cycle, look at them to be uh, 500. And look for the game at Maryland to go over. So those are two offensive-minded coaches. Pushing against each other, most of the time, those games go over. And really, uh, that first game of the season, at, at home against Penn State, uh, is a game they should win. And it's going to tell you whether uh, Purdue will be able to get over 7.5 wins. I look at them as 500, a 500 team. Uh, <clears throat> And when they play our offensive coach, look for those games to go over. But definitely a team with this type of talent, uh, you got to look at them from week to week. They're a meddling, developmental team. But, you know, as, as they improve their level of recruiting, as they improve their the way they develop players, uh, they get an edge, right? Uh, so they're the opposite. So when they're a favorite, look for them to cover and not cover when they're an obvious dog. That's the way offensive-minded teams work, where they just want that defensive corner to get them that one stop so they can win the game because coach thinks he can come up with plays to uh, win in a shootout. Or he wants the ball in his hands late in the game when they need a drive to win. Coach thinks he's going to figure out ways to do it. He doesn't have to put it on the defense like a Herm Rivers or a Tomlin or Tony Dungeon might do or Bill Belichick, defensive line coaches. That's your Purdue Warrior Workers in a nutshell. Northwest. They are the quintessential uh, process, a team philosophy that one year is a developmental year, next year is the year they, they go for. So, Northwestern, they go three and nine in 19, they go 72 and 20, and then three and nine last year. So, two out of four years, they win three or less games or play in the Big Ten title. So look for them to have a big bounce back year and 
to go over the season total of 4.5. Nebraska in Dublin, they might win that game. You don't know. It's possible. Duke going through his position, they should win that game. So possible to Southern Illinois, they're going to win. Miami, Ohio, they're going to win. Appen State, they're going to lose. Wisconsin, homecoming. That's his under all over. I've, who knows how many times I've bet the under in the Wisconsin Northwestern game. Uh, corporate governance for Northwestern is Pat Fitzgerald. 17 years as a head coach. Uh, with no talent, he, he gets into the, the Big Ten championship game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring in a, a new uh, defensive coordinator. They had the one guy that had been there forever. But again, zone, run the ball, develop players, game goes under. Uh, Mike Baekia, third year's offensive coordinator, uh, spent 11 years in the NFL. So they're going to be well coached. And remember, the high academic standards at uh, Northwestern. So they have to develop them. Developmental program. That for us means zone. That for us means under. That for us means Northwestern covering, especially this year, as a dog. Games that set up like that, it looks like October 1st at Penn State. Depends on how the season developed. Uh, Maryland at Iowa, right? So, and those aren't worthy either. So look for, uh, with nine guys coming back on offense and 110 starts coming back on the offensive line. So we're making some money betting the under on Northwestern games in the season in total over 4.5. Love it. Making money in summer researching college football. So that's your Northwestern Wildcats. Making money off of them. Bet that over 4.5. Right. So we got our last team in the Big Ten. Brett Benoma in the final line. Seven coming back on offense. Six on defense. 74 career starts on that offensive line. Look for them to go over their season total of 4.5. Wyoming should be a win. Virginia should be a win. Chattanooga should be a win. And then from there, they have to win two from the basket of Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. So it seems like Coach Bona learned the dirty tricks from the SEC when he coached there. Uh, they have two buys. So, again, sometimes football turns into a game of attrition when you have two buys. Uh, Bilma took Wisconsin to three Rose Bowls. He knows that Coach Alvarez way to coach and to develop a program, you know, a developmental program on this level. He was a tight ends coach, uh, I, I believe, with the Giants. And he's also a guy who uh, coached up there in New England with Bill Belichick. 
again, a lot of coaches with ties to Nick Singh and Bill Bilchey in the Big Ten, right? Each school's getting $100 million. Uh, they know how to win games. They know how to coach. This is coordinator Ryan Walters. He knows how to get that one stop. But here again, it's going to be zone. It's going to be, uh, you know, Coach Billima is a great offensive line coach. That's how you win games. That's how you won in Wisconsin. That's how you got Arkansas to the three out of five bowls the five years that he was there. 74 career starts on that offensive line. So look for them to go over that season total uh, of 4.5. They have five built-in wins for the final line And that's your big 10 football. Very exciting. It seems like uh, more things change, more things stay the same. These guys don't have to change because they're making millions upon millions of dollars. So what that helps us, helps us get to the truth to predict outcomes and monetize watching football. Again, you don't have to pay action sports $300 for picks, for insight, right? You can just listen to the podcast and we always give information for free. If you give one, you get 10 back. It's not religion or philanthropy. It's business. We got a lot of great information for people who listen to the podcast. Feel free uh, to reach out. Uh, if something I got wrong, let me know and give me some uh, insight. Give me some insight so I can make some money, uh, more money on college football because I don't know everything. I know not to profit. But hey, if you got something that I'm missing, hey, this is America, $139 trillion mark. So we always close with what Winston Churchill said. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Sports Betting Podcast. College football, better previews.